You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Banner with the Boys. We have NFL Week 18 come and gone. The regular season has come to an end. Unfortunately, we don't have Smelty with us today. He is enjoying his time down in Arizona on vacation. So we have a special guest. For you longtime listeners, you'll recognize him from the first couple we pulled out here. But how we doing? How we feeling, Cole? Good, good. It's a nice change of pace not being a F1 football. It's kind of my bread and butter. I like this a lot more. So happy to kick it off with you. Heck yeah, man. Well, I'm happy to have you. Happy to get this thing started here. It's been a heck of a season, so I'm looking forward to these playoffs. But let's wrap it up with week 18. We had a full slate ahead of us. A lot of playoff implications, obviously, obviously on the line as it set the scene for what we have going forward here. But let's start it off with my Packers. Hosting the Bears coming in as a three-point favorite into this one. We had control of this game from start to finish. The Bears really had no shot whatsoever. The defense came to play, holding them to three field goals. And our offense looks good, not great. You'd expect more than 17 points on this one from the way the Packers' offenses looked. But J-Love came to play in this one. Did you Were you able to catch that game, Cole? No, I didn't really watch it. What, what did the uh, Packers end up this season record-wise? They ended up at 9-8. and eight. Okay. I will say a lot of what I've seen about the Packers this year, and I'm on this side as well. I was not a love believer in the beginning of the season. I used to talk a lot, you know, not great things about him because I didn't believe in him, but um, I like him. I think he's doing great. I think he's been playing to, I think he surpassed what everybody thought he would play up to, which is awesome. And I, I hope he carries it on and, you know, takes it into next week too. We'll get into that more later, but yeah. Yeah, we're sure going to need him to continue what he's been doing. I mean, the last couple of weeks especially, and I, I, I'm, I'm in the same way. I've been up and down with this guy this entire year. It was like, oh, he's the future. I, you know, it doesn't. You don't. You don't see one generational talent to another one, and then another one, and then he looked like dog crap for six weeks. So I was off that bandwagon and completely against him. <laughs> Thought we needed us to go after Josh Dobbs with the way he was playing. That's how crazy I got to it. But he's shown that what he's capable of. And, you know, as the offense has grown this year, the receivers have gotten more of a chemistry with him with his young receiving core. He's truly showing what his potential is. And, I mean, if he can continue this, I mean, 27 for 32 for 316 yards and a touchdown, two touchdowns, I'm sorry, that that, that gives you shades of the old number 12 that was playing back then. And even some of the throws he was making, you know, it was a third down in the fourth quarter. The Bears stop us. They have a chance to, you know, get good field position, go back down and score. And he rolls out to his right, evades a sack, and then crossbody throws it to Tucker Craft to get there. It might have been Luke Musgrave, but nonetheless, one of the young stud tight ends to get that first down. It just, it, it made me smile just seeing that we have that kind of talent again behind center. Yeah, you could tell, to speak on you saying, you know, they're they're kind of, vibing better I guess wide receivers and the quarterbacks from the highlights I watched of the game they're definitely like the wide receivers are getting better being young getting better at finding those pockets and Jordan loves predicting it right he's ready for it he's waiting for it you'd know this better obviously being a Packers fan there was one play it was the one they always bring up left side of the field threw it across to the numbers and the guy ran for 80 yard touchdown or whatever you know it's a super long touchdown you know what I'm talking about this game yeah the most recent game 
Uh, it wasn't. It was. He he ended up not scoring. But yeah, it was oh, to Jaden Reed. I, to I know the, the exact play you're talking about. Yeah, he got. He, he yeah. it was funny. He came out and said afterwards he had he did his ten push ups afterwards because he didn't make it to the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it was just it was just incredible the way he was just finding the pockets. Like you said, he's actually leading his receivers. He's not just waiting for them to get open. He's anticipating those throws, and the chemistry is just there right now. The biggest thing with this, I mean, they're having a good season. They're going into playoffs. They're not going to get that great draft pick, but. They no longer have to go after a quarterback, right? They can sort of, they can kind of just be like, okay, we're going to see what this guy has for the next couple of years and start looking elsewhere. Let's get more, you know, defense. Let's look at the wide receivers. What else can we build up? Maybe some O-line. They can start targeting different players when a lot of other teams are going to have to focus quarterback. Oh, for sure. It's it's nice. You know, I'm, I'm it's a luxury as a Packers fan, not having to really in my lifetime, have to worry about having a quarterback. True. <laughs> but you're right, man. And then and you, you throw in the effect that Aaron Jones has on this offense. Mm. When when Love wasn't playing at his best, Aaron Jones was out. It's a direct correlation to what that guy does. Another game, it was his third straight game of having over 100 yards. That's been non-existent this entire year, any resemblance of a run game. So the ability to have a balanced attack there, we're not relying on Aaron, or sorry, Jordan Love to just go out and make the play every time has become huge with the recent success that success that we have had. And just to kind of wrap up the year that Love has had, second in touchdowns, seventh in yards, in your first full year starting, nobody would have expected that out of this guy. And the Packers have a winning record. You know, I expected seven day, or sorry, six to eight wins this year and no chance at the playoffs. I will say, though, the only thing that hinders that, that division is Justin Jefferson going down. I think he's in if he's playing more this year or the full season, it's a different division right now. And I think a lot of these games later on would have meant a lot more. Speaking of Justin Jefferson, jumping into the next game, Vikings and Lions, obviously Lions winning that um, 30 to 20. The Vikings didn't care to win this game, right? They, they want to lose this game. They're not going to do anything in playoffs. They're kind of just at the end of the season anyway. They want to get the higher draft spot. They, they don't care about winning this game. This is for sure lock for the Lions the whole way. Yeah, and the Lions actually had something to play for because going into this game, they didn't know if they were going to – they still had a chance at the number one seed – or sorry, the number two seed. Um, so they they didn't know the outcome wouldn't have eventually mattered with the Cowboys winning, but it was just a complete domination by the Lions. I mean, through and through. We don't need to focus too much on this game just because we have some better games that actually had playoff implications. And without Smeltzy being here, you're a Bills fan. There's not much need to focus on the Vikings and how abysmal this season was. But to go on your point with Jefferson, to be honest with you, I mean, even with Jefferson out of the lineup, if they had Kirk this whole year, they're in the playoffs. I mean, the way he was playing, the way the team was playing without Jefferson when he went down or when Kirk went down, that I think it doesn't emphasize more for the Vikings that Kirk is the future of your franchise at quarterback and they need to sign him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, though. Because with Jefferson, you have a young wide receiver who's a stud, who's going to be a stud for, you know, at least five, six more years on the low end, right? He's probably just going to be, he's going to be a stud. So it's, you're kind of at the point where you have that star. Do you try now to get a young quarterback and build around that and build around him? That would be a great situation if Jefferson didn't need to be re-signed. You think Jefferson's going to want to trust a young quarterback, especially because they're not going to get one this year. They don't have a draft pick, high, draft pick high enough to get one this year unless they trade up, which they could do. But I don't think there's a shot the Vikings keep Jefferson without Kirk. Which, which is also, it's a double-edged sword because at some point, Kirk's not going to be here for much longer. Sign him for three years. 
maybe, right? Maybe they get him for three years. Last year, he was talking about leaving. So to, to end it really on, on the Vikings is if Kirk comes back and they sign him, they're literally just looking for a quick Super Bowl, a quick deep run in the playoffs, the next two years, and that's it. And then it's a restart basically with the quarterback anyway. So why not just like if I'm a Vikings fan and I know a lot of Vikings fans, obviously we live in Minnesota, but being around a lot of Vikings guys, they all want to get a quarterback and build something with Jefferson still being young and just build that team around somebody to have more success down the road. I, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. I just don't think Jefferson will get behind that with where he's at in his career. It's just this young, I mean, if the money's, if the team's going to offer him the same amount of money, if not a little bit more, I don't think the Vikings would balk at an offer. You know, whatever team offers them, they'll match, whatever that would be. I, I don't doubt that by any means. It's just if, you know, looking at a team that's young, that has cap space, you have the Colts and the Texans going to play with, like, the Texans make more sense with the CJ Shroud, more in a position to win right now and build with that versus sticking with the Vikings with a question mark at the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, okay, going off that, um, I'm with you. It's it's a tough call. But another team, obviously, with 15 quarterbacks starting this year, an easy win, Steelers against the Ravens. Ravens benched everybody. The Bills would have liked that win from the Ravens just because it makes our week easier. Luckily, the Jaguars lost, so it doesn't matter. But... This is another one of those games, like you were saying about the Vikings-Lions, we don't have to spend that much time on here. Steelers-Ravens, Steelers won by a touchdown. And to be honest, they hardly won that game. <laughs> I thought the Ravens, I, I had the Ravens in this game going into it. You know, they were the underdog, as obviously as their entire team was backups. But, like, I'm a strong believer in Tyler Huntley. He can navigate that offense. He knows how to use it proficiently. It was just... For some reason, Mason Rudolph looks like the future in this Pittsburgh right now, which is absolutely insane. And the the Ravens obviously had nothing to play for this game. So outside of it being a divisional, you know, win or a divisional opponent and with the ability of possibly knocking the Steelers out if they would have won the game. But even still, I mean, who would you rather play? One of the AFC South teams right now or the Steelers? I'd rather play the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and I love Huntley, too. And when. Uh, TJ went out. I thought that the Ravens had a chance at the end there to come back and maybe put the OT, maybe win. Kind of shocked me how Huntley played in this game. It wasn't great. He wasn't using his legs as much. He was getting a lot of pressure and just kind of sunk under pressure in the pocket most of this game. But, I mean, props to the Steelers. Kind of happy they won. Happy to see them next week over a few other teams. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And Najee just tore apart the backups of this Ravens. So he's he's kind of come on the last couple of weeks. So, you know, going forward against the Bills, who don't have a you know great run D, it's it's not bad by any means. But if that Steelers can get the ball rolling on the ground game and then getting those ride receivers integrated, again, I don't trust Mason Rudolph. I mean, it's as simple as that. But losing T.J. Watt's going to be huge, huge in this one. For those keeping score at home, um, Smelty and I both took the Packers and the Lions, so we were both 2-0 coming into this game. I did think the Ravens were going to at least cover that 3.5, but realistically win the game. Uh, and Smelty did pick the Steelers to cover, so Smelty has me up by one right now. And then we move on to the Texans-Colts. This game ended up being the deciding maker for the AFC South with the Jaguars losing, and the Colts just really did not show up. Like, Gardner did not look like he had been playing as of late. You know, he didn't have a bad game by any means. You know, they didn't really have a lot of opportunity. But C.J. Stroud just continued to show why he's the one of the future, 
you know, young talents in this league, and he locked up the Offensive Player of the Year, which he did a while ago. Sorry, not Offensive Player of the Year, but Rookie of the Year. And, you know, this this Texans team is scary going into the playoffs if they can get the ball, you know, rolling like they have been on offense. I... I'm still giving it to uh, Puka. See, that's tough. That's tough. The only thing that, like, I would say against Stroud is, like, the thing that hurts Stroud is missing the two games with the concussion, most certainly. But, and it's, th- that's a tough one because Puka did break the, you know, receiving yards and receptions record. And he didn't really, like, go down in performance once Cup came back. He just didn't really, like, he had such a good first six weeks of the year that it was like Puka all day, doesn't matter. And then he didn't really trickle off. He still had a hell of a year. But it was just, I don't know. I mean, like, without C.J. Stroud, the, the Texans are a 4-5 win ball club. But Maybe. But the Offensive Rookie of the Year is not like the MVP. It's not who's most valuable, valuable to the team. It's who's balling out the most as a rookie. And I think you got to give it to Puka. Um, now, I, I will say, about six weeks ago, I thought it was Stroud all day. I would put all my money on Stroud to win it. But I think, like you said, missing those two games hurt him. And I don't think it's going to be the same going forward. I think. I'm giving it to Puka. I'd put money on it. That's that's my money. I would like to see Puka win it. You know what a story, <laughs> what a story. And I, there, there came out a clip recently. I saw it on Instagram that it was the pre-draft selection of Puka, and it was uh, Rams coach Sean McVay and Les Snead, the GM, talking about what he could possibly do and what they wanted to bring, what they could like see in him. And it was just pretty cool to see like the development of just going to, like, hey, this is why we want him. Sean McVay was all about it. And then to see what he's actually done in that offense. I mean, you can say the same thing with Opuka and Cooper Cup going down to the Rams in the playoffs right now. True. You true. know? And to jump back on this game, Colts running running the ball look great, right? Are you still, I know, I don't know if you ever were, I guess, but thoughts on Minshew? Well, he's not the future. I mean, you got Anthony Richardson. He just went down with the the, the shoulder injury in the early portion of the year. So, like, Minshew, he's, he's a career backup. Like, I mean... You have to give credit to Minshew for having the Colts' success that they've had this year, to be quite honest. he Nobody would have expected him to come in and, and do what he's done to not carry the team, but he, he's, he does enough to not lose the game, but he doesn't really do enough to go out and win the game, is how I would put Minshew. You know, he's not going to make that terrible, wild play that's going to cost you the game, but he's also not going to be, you know, he's not the quarterback I'd want when you're down three with minute 47 left to march down the field and tie the game. 10 years, we're going to look back on Menchu, and he's the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, hundred, I could wholeheartedly agree with that. Hey, he's career backup. 18 teams and, you know, and you know. Vibe like, guy. And he's, and he's already had a Fitz magic year last year. Yeah. So, I mean. Well, yeah. So, we'll see. And then I'm going to take this one off because it's my team. <laughs> the next one, Bills, Dolphins. Real quick, if you want to jump in, how you and. Smelty finished on the week. Well, we got to finish this game first, bud. Yeah? Yeah, go ahead. All righty. Bills-Dolphins. This is the last time the Bills and Dolphins met. The Bills obliterated them. Just completely destroyed them. It was in Germany, right? Uh, it was overseas. Was it Germany yeah, or London? But. I think it was Germany. Um, either way, with those interceptions Josh Allen was throwing... Down in the end zone, all this stuff. The fourth and two interception, he saved us yards, right? That they the play was blown up. None was happening there. The first interception he threw, what was he looking at? What was he doing? I get that, but realistically, for him to have that many turnovers and for us still to win by seven, that's I mean, 
great, amazing. And the whole time, no matter what, even that first drive where he threw that interception, we were moving the ball night and day. And they, no, they weren't stopping us running the ball at all. They weren't stopping us passing the ball. We had, you know, any option we wanted to do, we could do against the Dolphins. And I think, honestly, Dolphins were making some bonehead plays, making some crazy plays. It just, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a believer in Tua. I think Tua is one of those quarterbacks. Tua is still in college, in my opinion. Tua is a college quarterback that goes out, will throw for 500 yards against a crappy team, you know, put up all these crazy stat numbers, led the league in passing. Cool. You have Tyreek Hill, right? Tyreek Hill will get 95 yards after every catch, but still he's a college quarterback in an NFL body to where when he plays those big games, he can't throw for 500 anymore. The Dolphins can't beat a good team. He, he doesn't perform against an actual good team. It, it's similar to the Cowboys this year where it's the, the Dolphins. It's been such a weird season because they've had such highs and such lows, right? They got, they annihilated the, the Broncos in the early side of the portion of the year. Then got just absolutely worked by, uh, was it the Cowboys? Or was it the, no, it wasn't the Cowboys. That was a close game. Was it the Niners or the Ravens? It was one of the two. It was the Ravens. They just got torn apart by the Ravens. And and you're right. It's Tua just, he's not a big game performer. I There's no reason Josh Allen has three turnovers, turnovers in this game and they it's as close as it is. It, 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 it's, it's a seven-point game. That just doesn't make sense. And It didn't feel like a seven-point game that whole game, too. We felt like we were up. 14 being a Bills fan even I felt like we were up 14 the whole time yeah I mean that's weird because you were losing going into half but still complete confidence in Josh Allen I I think he I, I love when the the commentators talk about him because he really strives under pressure he, he gets that guy pressure he you know fourth and two fourth and whatever he'll use his body and I like I love you know I love this new offensive coordinator it was about time we got somebody who was going to let Josh run again and let Josh be Josh. Cause this guy is outstanding. You know, Josh even says sometimes, let me run the ball early to get my, my momentum going, to get in stride, you know, to get angry a little bit and get into the game. Yeah. You and, get the juices flowing. It's just like Joey B. It's the yeah. same thing. He took that hit in the national championship game. Then went, that just went off. Yeah. 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 It needs something. Needs that spark going. And also big takeaway from this game which we haven't seen in like six weeks would be Stefan Diggs getting a lot of targets and closing in on that hundred yard mark that everybody's talking about. We had a game a couple weeks ago against the Cowboys where Josh Allen threw for under a hundred yards and we won the game because on the back of James Cook, right? Yeah. Everybody's talking about where's Diggs, where's Diggs the first eight games of the year or whatever. He had a hundred yards receiving and now this game, he's getting closer to that, which I love. We're targeting him early and often. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, to be honest with you, I, I think the Gabe Davis injury helped you in this game because it gave Khalil Shakur a chance to get on the field more and make some plays. And I love watching that kid play. What he does in the open field is just, it, it's just fun to watch him play. I will say, though, I will live and die by this. Gabe Davis is the best blocking wide receiver in the NFL. Him on the field is huge, even if he doesn't catch the ball once. He's amazing. Yeah, I don't know, though, man. Like, it's outside of Allen running. You really didn't have a good rushing game this game. No, correct. But there was some still some key blocks. Shakir has been basically being the new Cole Beasley this year. That's been his spot. Yeah, he's a slot he, guy. He's been playing a lot this year. Um, and the biggest thing, Shakir had that uh, screen pass to the left for 50 yards. Gabe Davis 
blocked his corner into the safety crashing for 50 yards. Davis effect. Put him on the outside. Give him a screen. Let him block. You're getting yards. You're getting 10. You're getting a first down. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He definitely has taken on that that role. You know, like that was the only thing that Alan Lazard was good for was for the Packers. You know, he's he's good run blocker and he'll catch that occasional first down. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a the cool thing about Davis is he's really so big. He's just a distraction. And we have so many studs from other teams coming in, you know, that are able to shine because he takes attention away. Diggs takes attention away because they're both big threat targets. And then um, the biggest thing here was the Bills punt return record got broken. 94 yards, I believe. 96. 96. That was huge. That was huge. Deontay Hardy, man, just yeah. just making a freaking play. And I mean, that, that, I think that's a good pickup for the Bills, too. You know, he, he was a, the Saints little gadget player. You know, you don't see him much on offense, but he gives you that special teams threat. And I mean, you can't argue a 96 yard return. No, and that's like uh, another, like he's very similar in the fact that we have a lot of Bills players that fit that role, that our stars are there. We have our Allen, we have our Diggs, we have our James Cook, we have a lot of stars like Hardy that can kind of attack in the special teams. Another big one that pops into my, na- uh, my head is Saron Neal, arguably one of the best special teams players in the NFL. People like that, they just show out, and that's, I think, what, you know, late in the season, the Bills 6-0 and the last six games. There was a funny thing I saw. It was, which one of these three teams do you think went on to win the division? It was the Eagles at 10-2, and the Dolphins at 9-3, and and the Bills at 6-6. Six and only one went on, and it was the Bills to win the division. After That's all that. wild. And uh, I will say, this is the first time being a Bills fan in the last few years with Josh Allen that we didn't start out good. The middle of the season wasn't great, and then we ended the season great. Every time, the last two years, going into playoffs, the last couple weeks have been spotty and rough. Now we go into playoffs, we make a couple games, and then we lose. I feel like this is the first time in the last few years that the Bills are hitting their stride late in season. And I think that's why you really got to watch out for them in the playoffs. Yeah, Smelty and I spoke on it. It was either last week or the week before that they are, you know, one of the more dangerous teams you don't want to see because they're hot at the right time. You have Allen behind center and, you know, he's a stud. Nobody's going to sit here and argue that. And that's, I don't know, man. They got into a pretty easy cakewalk in the first round and then who they would play. They're the two seed, right? Yes, yeah, so, the, so they hope, the lowest remaining seed left. The hope is the Dolphins win. Because I don't want to play the Browns. I'd rather play the Dolphins. Yeah. No, you'd play the second lowest remaining seed left because the, the Ravens play the lowest seed next yeah, week. Yeah, so I'd, I'd rather play the... Uh, yeah, that's interesting because it'd be in Buffalo. So And it's not going to be great weather, obviously. Buffalo this time of year is not great. But yeah, that was a, it was a good wrap up to the to the regular season. You know, it was a good game. You know, it, was, it, it wasn't a necessarily close game, but you you know, at any time that the like one big play could happen, and just a fun fun way to end the regular season. And what a regular season we did have for those keeping score at home this week. Smelsey cleaned house five and zero. Oh, I went three and two. So for the regular season final standings. I went 21 and 22 and Smelsey with a huge comeback going 20 and 23. So I'm sorry if anybody followed our picks because you didn't win any money. So do apologize on that behalf, but let's get into tent talk. 911, what's your emergency? 
Let's start this off with some injuries. Biggest injury on the board, brother. TJ Watt, grade two MCL sprain. He is out this week. That's huge. Huge. I mean, the biggest threat on the Steelers versus the Bills, getting pressure to Josh Allen. Honestly, he's kind of like your old boy Aaron Rodgers in that aspect. He gets pressure. He'll move around. He's been a lot better this year at dumping it off early. So I don't know if it plays a huge role, but um, huge, huge injury for the Steelers. And then you also got his brother coming out, making that tweet. Steelers came out and they're like, hey, you know, TJ Watts out and JJ tweets. Do you think they'd notice? That's hilarious. That's just JJ Watt being JJ Watt for you, man. I love him in the media. I love him in the media. Yeah, him. There's so many great NFL players that go on to it. So it's fun. It's fun seeing him out there. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And then one of the more, uh, the big ones too, the Eagles. Two guys, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, listed as day-to-day right now. It's hard to imagine they won't play, being how it is the playoffs. And uh, we better hope Jalen Hurts is fully healthy because he has looked like a shell of himself the last couple of weeks. And even with them in the game, they're not that big of a favorite. And in my eyes, the Bucks are the favorite either way because how bad they've been playing the last few weeks with them in there. So, I mean, they come back and they're banged up. Even if they play and they're still banged up against the Bucks, not looking great for the Eagles this week. No, it it really doesn't. This Eagles team has been just on a downward trajectory here for a couple weeks. And then uh, one of the more lingering issues that's been going on right now, the Dolphins without their you know second biggest playmaker, Jalen Waddell. He is still listed as day-to-day. We don't know if he's going to be a go. We thought he might have been last week with so much on the line. And we'll see. He's, he, they need him this game. Now, is Mostert going to play this week? Uh, That would be the next one to get to here. Mostert is still listed as day-to-day as well, but it it would be hard to imagine Mostert doesn't go. He he, he could have played last week. Like, the injury's not serious enough where he he went through workouts and it just was a game-time decision. Their backup's still great, but I think Mostert playing makes the Waddle loss not that big. Um, They have no receiving threats outside of Tyreek, bro. But... Against the Bills, their backups were playing pretty great. Dude, it's just, I don't know, man. This 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 offense just doesn't look the same without Waddle on the field. It's just look at Tua, for example. I mean, his comfort level with him on the field, he just has that confidence knowing that he doesn't have to only have Tyreek. Because they, they literally, I mean, Cedric Wilson is the number two without Tyreek Hill. Like, he's not going to do nothing. But but here's here's also my thing on this. When I was watching the Bills-Dolphins game, you know, last week, all the announcers are talking about, oh, you know, two is without Mostert. Two is without um, Waddle. And it's that time of the year. Oh, the, for sure. But, like, they're all saying, like, what's he going to do? How's he going to handle it? It's like, get used to it. The Bills are missing four starters on their defense. They're missing starters everywhere. Like, granted, they've had their O-line all year, which has been amazing. But, I mean, we don't really have many teams that are fully healthy, if any, probably none. Yeah, but I would I would make the argument that when you lose two two of your biggest playmakers on offense is more detrimental to losing even your best defensive player, even two or three of your best defensive players, just because it, it's an offensive it's an offense driven league, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I I, I would des- I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with saying that Mostert's not a big of a or the losing Waddle is not as big of a hit as losing Mostert. Mostert plays more of a part in that offense. I mean, the dude had twenty touchdowns this year. You know, it's undeniable what he brings to that offense. I just, yeah, I, I don't think the Bills have any shot if they have both of them gone. Of winning the game? Yeah. 
the Dolphins. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, the Dolphins. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's move over to, to the other side of the ball. Then the Bills. They had some big guys go down in this last game. You have Ty, uh, Tyrell Dodson, Gabe Davis, and Rasul Douglas. What's the forecast looking like for these guys? I think you'll see Gabe and Rasul. I think you're going to see them come back. Terrell Dodson, I'm not so sure. Um, Rasul, ever since we got him, has been huge. Like I was just saying, Gabe Davis, great pass blocker and run blocker. Um, getting deep. He's a deep ball threat. He always has been. He's good for a couple games this playoff, at least one to pop off for 200 yards. So it's nice to have him in the pocket. Um, Terrell Dodson, though, the interesting thing about that is their backup, who I'm scratching on his name, out of Clemson, before last week against the Dolphins, had five total plays. This is his second year in the NFL. He had five total plays ran in the NFL before that because Dodson's still a backup. He's not their first string. So, I mean, whatever. He replaced Milano, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, Uh, maybe. Because wasn't it Milano and Bernard starting? Bernard took more of a role when Milano went out. I'm scratching. I'm scratching on that too. But basically, whatever Milano and the linebacker coach is preaching to them, we always talk about how quarterbacks put on to, you know, next level quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, impression greatness on them. Jimmy Garoppolo with Tom Brady, you know, Jordan Love with uh, Aaron Rodgers. We have all these impressions. We don't look at the other positions enough. And I think we're seeing this with Matt Milano, the linebacker coach, everything over there, because even their third string who had five plays balled against the Dolphins. So I think without Dodson, it's still a hit, but it's not so huge because of how good their backup played. Yeah, and it's it's a lot easier to like cover that weakness or that spot on defense than it is like losing like a like I mean, I wouldn't say Gabe Davis per se, just because like you said, he he offers more in the in the run game than he really has for passing this year. Trust me, he was on my fantasy team. Yeah, that was a bummer. Um, but I, I think Rasul Douglas is the biggest one here. Just because, mm-hmm. like, if Waddle plays, you know, you got you have to put somebody to top tier corner on one of the two between him and him and Hill. And yeah, you could Good focus. Thing we're not playing him this year, this week. Oh, I'm chill, I'm tweaking. That would have been last week. But <laughs> yeah. the same thing applies for Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. You know, yeah. you want your best yeah. out there against their best. No, no, they're not Hill and Waddle. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I think I think Douglas is a key, and what he's done since he's been, he was traded. I mean, he he's been just balling out for the Bills since he got traded from the Packers. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he's filling a big role. Trey White, you needed somebody to come in, and even just not necessarily from a play perspective, from from a veteran perspective, to come in with that young you know depth that you have, and he's taken on that that leadership role too, which is cool to see. I've always been a fan of Rasul. You know, I wasn't mad when we traded him just because. I didn't think there was any chance we'd make the playoffs at that point because our season was going down the drain. And, you know, we got a, I think it was a second rounder for him. Um, and we're not going to be able to like pay him long-term anyway. He's not in our future. So wasn't necessarily mad at it, but boy, I'd tell you what, it'd be nice to have him right now in the playoffs. And beans a stud. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's always a stud. Like the, the, the dude doesn't have any like misses. Yeah. He's, he's constantly hitting, picked up Leonard Fournette, picked up settle, picked up uh, their other big D lineman, Leonard he's, Floyd, Leonard Floyd, just a dog. The guy yeah. The guy does not miss drafts, everything. Trades up for Kincaid just constantly. Yeah, Kincaid's been a... I really, really wanted the Packers to draft Kincaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that. Oh, I wanted that so bad. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with where we're at with Musgrave and Croft, or Kraft at this point, but, oh, I wanted him bad. You know, I had my, uh, my old lady pick him up in uh, fantasy. Yeah. And uh, hilarious because 
she's new. She didn't do last year. Two years ago, she did it, and she always drafts great teams. This year, she had Nick Chubb, unfortunately, so she didn't make yeah. it too far. R.I.P. But uh, Kincaid, she's benched like the first five weeks because she said he had to earn a spot, and it took him <laughs> getting like twenty five points for her to be like, okay, he earns a spot. And I was like, trust me, this guy's gonna ball. They're gonna target him just like Knox, especially with Knox being out and him getting to shine. Yeah, so it's fun to watch him play. Yeah, that kid's a stud. I, it's gonna be it's fun to watch him and Knox kind of be give you that twelve personnel going forward because Knox is locked up, right? He's for four years. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be the second year before your deal. Yeah, and great pass blocker, and honestly, both of them and run blocker. He's just a great big tight end. He still catches the balls. He doesn't get as many because he was injured. But most people forget when the Bills started the season, we were running two tight end packages almost every play. So we might go, you know. We haven't done that in a while. It's worked for us, obviously. You did in this last game. You had them both on the field. Not a lot, but it was... I think we kind of... It also, at this point in the year, it kind of goes to show how good Kincaid is and how he's basically a slot receiver playing tight end. Yeah, right. He's more that that why than he is a traditional tight end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's move over to the Lions. Sam Laporta. You could make an argument. He's in that offensive rookie of the year running as well. He's not going to win it. Um, but he's been one heck of a tight end this year. Hyper extended, and he has a bone bruise on his left knee. He is likely not going to play this week. That is huge for this Lions offense. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've always loved Goff. Um, the whole Lions offense, I've been a believer in. So, Best running back duo in the league. Yeah. Eh. Who'd you put above him? Um, right now I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think. Who's who's uh, the Nick Gibbs Chubb and Cream Hunt? If Chubb would have been healthy, yeah, that's yeah. But then again, if Chubb's healthy, they're not getting Cream Hunt. Oh, that's right. He wasn't even on the team. It was Jerome Ford and uh, Jerome Ford and, and Nick Chubb. That's Still right. Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still a dog. Still a dog. Yeah, Still a dog. Yeah. But I mean, I, and honestly, like, like Smelty and I have like thought about this. Like Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon going into the year, maybe. But AJ Dillon's been a massive disappointment this year. You could argue the Dolphins. Uh, you could make the argument for Raheem Mostert and, and Devin A. Chain. Yeah, I think that's the closest one to him, probably. That would be the only one I could think of that would give him a run for their money. And they're such just a different one-two hit. Oh, yeah, because like Mostert and HN are the same yeah. running back. Montgomery and Gibbs are two wildly different running backs. Gibbs is fun to watch, man. He is so stupid fast. That, like, he, they, they, yeah. He's fun to watch. I mean, same with A-Chain, but... Yeah, he's dumb fast. It's I, different. We, we found a- that out last week. A-Chain doesn't look like as fast in that offense because there's just f- speed all around, where like the Lions offense doesn't have anybody that can run... <laughs> like remotely close to Gibbs. No, yeah, yeah. Um, then let's let's wrap up the injuries here. My Packers, Romeo Dobbs. He's a day to day right now with a chest injury. You don't like seeing a chest injury because it's the most focal point of you getting hit almost every play. So it's something that'll linger and can pop up. But with Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, how they're playing right now, I mean, I think we'd use more Dobbs more of as a uh, a decoy more than anything right now, and. I think if Christian Watson decides he wants to play football and suit up this week, that's the deciding factor more than if Dobbs is is there or not. Because Dobbs, he really hasn't been like anything huge this year. He gives you that reliable target when you need it. But Watson gives you an element to this offense that the Packers simply don't have right now with taking the top off. And I don't know. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks. What they've done this year, man, has just been incredible to see him grow. And, and I'll say with, with Jordan Love, unlike Tua, like we were saying, two is a college quarterback. He's got the stars. He's got Waddle. He's got Tyreek Hill. You know, Love doesn't really have targets like that. No. So Dobbs being out, it's not really going to affect their plays. You know, it's not really going to affect their play. You don't have calling. to change your offense. You're not changing anything. 
He can still run fluid. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of like the opposite of the Chiefs. The Chiefs' biggest thing this year was drops. From even, like, known great players, you know? Yeah. And the the Packers just kind of trust everybody, trust each other, get the ball down, let, let somebody make a play, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the Packers haven't used it as an excuse with their young receiving core. That's been the Chiefs' excuse the whole season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was and, like the first game they had like six and, drop balls. Yeah, I mean it's it's been insane. But it's it's like I don't know. I mean, that's that's interesting you say that though, because you look at like Patrick Mahomes, Jordan Love, Jordan Love highly outplayed him this year. With I would say a similar receiving talent. Th- this year, unless Patrick Mahomes can make some sort of a run somehow in playoffs, winning, you know, going to the AFC championship, maybe you need him to do. Other than that. I mean, kind of tarnishes his name a little bit. A little bit. This is going to be one of those years that, like, you're not seeing, you know, Rodgers have. You don't see Brady have these kind of years. And he's having that year right now where it's like, what are we doing? Get Taylor Swift out of the freaking stadium. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. That's hilarious. But you even look at the Taylor Swift, like, Travis Kelsey hasn't been the same this year. So it's just, like, what more excuses are you going to give this guy? I mean, let's not be wrong here. Hey, I'm a Swifty, okay? <laughs> this guy. My, my lady brought me and had me watch the whole concert in the movie theater. I got pizza. I got some beers. I hung out, you know? It was a good time. Much prefer watching a concert there. But at the same time, like, they're known for being stars, Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. You can argue that all the Swift drama, bringing up all the ticket prices in the stadium drastically, taking a lot of the you know fanfare and everything away from real football in Kansas City and kind of taking the attention off some of these studs might hurt them a little bit. I mean, you could say that, but they won like the first four games that Swift was in attendance. Yeah, but ever since then. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I don't know. I think Kelsey has always thrived when his name has been the loudest and the biggest. And right now, he's not getting pronounced as, like, the great you know, they still bring him up in talks, but it's usually around Josh Allen. And they're like, oh, these guys are the two guys you can trust to make crazy plays like this, you know? And I don't know. It's just, it's hard to see the Chiefs like this. And like you said, blaming it on what they blame it on, young receivers and this. It's like, you've had worse odds and you won the Super Bowl. You've had some last crazy year, odds. I mean, their receiving core didn't change over that much from last year. They lost Juju, but added, well, they added Kadarius Tony last year. But like, they they didn't really... Their, their receiving core is still there, but they added, uh, what's that cat's name, number four? Rashid Rice. Mm-hmm. Shahid mm-hmm. Rice? No, Rashid Rice. It's Shahid something down in New Orleans. I always get those two mixed up. It's wild because they're not even the same name. But it's, it's like like that guy's been their number one receiver even more so than Kelsey this year. But, in the latter half. But Kelsey's also been injured a good amount this year. He's been the first couple games. He missed how many games this year? Four? Um, I don't know how many he missed. But Rice has been fun to watch too because he's such a guy can take the top off the defense. Yeah. And he he's like uh I was gonna he's like a uh the great Eagles wide receiver. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. He's kind of one of those guys that just like throw it up, but he might catch it. You know, Deshaun Jackson's catching it. Throw it up. Yeah. And Rice might catch it. You know, you got a 50-50 bomb every time it's deep on him. Yeah, for sure. And it, I mean, even Kelsey like battling injuries, okay, so be it. Like that's going to happen. Um, he hasn't looked the same. Kelsey when he's only playing. missed two games this year, brother. Really? Yeah. He's just been that. And this last week, offense. he sat because they there was no implications for him. Like the Chiefs were stagnant. Yeah, that's what they did. 
He's just been that absent from the offense, though. It's a different Kelsey, different Kelsey Mahomes duo this year. Um, it, it, it 100% is. It 100% is. And, I mean, you, you look at 984 yards and 93 catches, like still a stupid good year for a tight end. It snapped his streak of 1,000-yard seasons at, I believe, seven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, six. Yeah, it had six. And, I mean, 984, he got 1,000 yards. Let's call it what it is. He didn't play in the final game when he, he could have suited up. But five touchdowns. That's the biggest thing is he's not finding the end zone. He's not that reliable red zone target that he's been his whole career. He's just, yeah. they, they don't have a red zone target right now. That's exactly Isaiah it. Pacheco. That's the red zone target. And, and he's a dog. I love watching not, him play. The way he wrong. runs is just hilarious. He's a dog. But yeah, with, I mean, with Kelsey, when we're looking at it, it is like you're saying the red zone. That's where he makes his money. That's where Kelsey becomes Kelsey. That's why he can be big show. You know, that's where he can be. Spike doing all the crazy stuff. Yeah. Because that's Kelsey. Kelsey is a touchdown guy. Yeah. I remember one game, it was either last year or the year before, he had like five catches for 47 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Like, that's a Travis Kelsey style line. Third down, throw it to him. Third and two, whatever. Just get it to him when you're in the end zone. Throw it to him. Yeah. He'll get it. Yeah. Um, but that's all the injuries we have for you this week. Um, obviously, we're not going to talk about players that don't matter because there's playoffs now. But let's, let's uh, break into the news. Smelty and I spoke on it last week with the Dalvin uh, Cook being released. He did indeed sign with the Ravens that we thought was the best fit for him. They're in a championship. Like, they're, they're, they're in my fa- my opinion, the best team in the NFL. And they only added somebody that I wouldn't consider washed. I don't think he was a fit for that Jets offense. And let's be honest, he's been rested the whole year. So he's he has his legs underneath him. And I honestly think this is another element to the Ravens offense, which just puts him that much more over the top, especially losing J.K. Dobbins and Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get a ton of touches still. I think he I don't think he will. Uh, I think the bye week certainly helps because he can learn some chemistry with the offense. If they make it to the AFC championship game Super Bowl, that's where I see him getting 15 plus touches. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um and to speak more about Dalvin Cook, especially with the Jets, they lost Rodgers. They didn't have the season was over eight plays into the year. And, and but not even that. Four plays into the year. Yeah, not even that though. When you when we're dealing with this, it's like they only had a run game. They had Reese Hall, Stud. Dalvin Cook, but they, that's all they had. So defenses obviously yeah. are going to cover that better. They don't have a deep threat. They don't have anything like they do have deep threats. Don't get me wrong, Garrett Wilson, but. They don't have stars that are that to where their quarterback can throw it to them. It doesn't matter when you got Zach Wilson as your quarterback. Yeah, that's Trevor right. Simeon. No running back does great in that offense. Well, Brees Hall. Brees Hall had one hell of a year. Did he? Oh, stupid good year. Oh. Yeah, he went he went off, and that's what also hurt Cook with from the touches standpoint is like you're gonna give it to the young stud. Yeah, yeah. You know the funny thing is, I used to only watch. Like, cause I love watching my division rivals to see how they're doing. So typically I'll always be watching the Patriots. And now as of recent, I like pay attention to the Dolphins more just to see how they're doing. This year, the Patriots and the Jets were so trash that I like didn't pay attention to their game. So I wasn't worried about them. It was just mostly, mostly the uh, Dolphins. Yeah. But I mean, the crazy thing is too, you're looking, you know, Patriots had a great year last year. This, I thought going into the season prior any injuries was the best division in football. Going into the year, I could not disagree. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. The only argument you could make would be the AFC West going into the year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But still, we look at it now, by far the AFC West is the best division in the NFL. 
Uh, I, I, you can make a you can make a pretty big argument for the AFC North. Three playoff teams. Sorry, that's what I meant. The Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even the, the Bengals Steelers, winning Ravens, record. Ravens, Bengals, and uh, the Browns. That's what I meant. But that's, the AFC West, I would say, not even in contention. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I mix, I mix those two up. Definitely, that, that division's the best by far. You, you, well, you can make an argument for the NFC West. No, there's, there's, no, there's no, no shot. I mean, the AFC by far is just the best conference in football. Well, yeah, there's no questioning that. So being three, it, the playoff teams in the AFC being the you, best you conference? You got two out of the NFC West, and the, the, the Seahawks had a chance going into the, the week last week. If they won, they had a chance of being in. They just had to have the right people lose. Yeah, but they had to win like seven or nine games. Didn't like the, the 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 standard to get into the playoffs on the NFC was so much lower than the standard to get into the playoffs in the AFC. It was one game. Yeah, that's still. That's not that with with it, with, it, with the arguably an easier schedule, not even arguable. The NFC is just an easier division. Yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely I would still agree with you with that. It's AFC <clears throat> AFC. I mean, AFC wins Super Bowl this year. AFC's got the. Well, best. That's hard to say. You, you can't just like, say huh? the AFC's going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Team from the AFC wins the Super Bowl this year. Put all your money on the AFC winning the Super Bowl. Everybody listening, all your money. And uh, AFC is the best conference, bar none. And well, there's only two, so it's not a matter of like bar none. You're only going against one other conference. Yeah, but it's it's like not even close, is what I'm saying. I wouldn't agree that it's not close because you look at look at like the top dogs in the AFC. You got the Ravens. It's a large step between the number two, I would say, which would you would be either the Dolphins or the, the Bills. You'd say the Bills with the recent win. But, like, the Chiefs are trash. The AFC South, Texans aren't bad, but I'm not going to say they're great. I would say the AFC South is almost as... Well, I mean, the records play a different story, I guess, but the NFC South is pretty bad, too. But but also... But you got the... I mean, you look at the NFC, you got the Niners, obviously the, the heavy favorite before you get to the number two... And then that's up for day, debate between the Cowboys and Lions. I mean, you could also argue, I don't think the, the Dolphins are in the top three. I think the top three is the Bills, Ravens, and the uh, Browns. I think the Browns are in the top three debate. They I will, wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, the, the, those, and just like the amount, obviously the 49ers always had their defense, but the amount of defense in the AFC this year is ridiculous. There's so much great, great teams. Yeah, there is a lot of good defense in the AFC. I mean, the, the Ravens are number one. And then... Number two is 49ers. It has to be. Yeah. And then Browns. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like the first like six to, it was either six or eight weeks into the season, the Browns had historically the best defense in the history of the game. Which is crazy because they got rid of Clowney and stuff. They still got rid of people. This They got rid of Clowney, but they signed Zedaria Smith. Yeah. But I don't know. It just, it, Clowney balled out. Yeah. And he went, you see, you see him when he made his bonus. That was his, that little dance. Yeah. That was hilarious. That was, that was really, really funny. It was also cool to see, you know, I've always been a liker of Clowney. He's, he's kind of gotten some bad media rep over his years, but I've always liked the way the kid plays. I mean, ever since that, that play in college, when he, he tackled the running back and forced the fumble and just tore through the line, like that, that kid, the guy's just an absolute stud. Good it's South good. Carolina versus Michigan. Yeah. 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 The one claims he was not his fault that he got through, <laughs> but that's funny. Um, let's move on to some more news then. Uh, Black Monday has come and gone. Um, seven, well, six firings, seven openings going into the coaching next year. We have Frank Reich being fired from the Panthers. That was a foregone conclusion. Same thing for Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. I would love to see Antonio Pierce getting that job because what he did with how crappy that team was, like it's fairly, fairly, fairly impressive, especially with no quarterback. Yep. Then you have um, 
the most surprising out of the bunch, Mike Vrabel leaving the Titans. Now that might be, it was mutual, but is that just to save Vrabel? Or is, or is he already have another spot open? Um, so I think that that's the, the, my biggest intrigue right now is the decision the Pats are going to make with Belichick. Yes. Because if, if Belichick is not the coach next year, Vrabel, in my opinion, should be and is a shoe-in for that position. Yeah, yeah. Vra- Vra- he'll coach next year. Oh, no, no. He, he's going he's gonna to yeah. be a head coach next year. There's no question about that. But if you're Mike Vrabel, would you go back home to the Patriots or go to a more enticing team like the Chargers, who is set up right now to win? Patriots are not. What do you think about Belichick? A lot of people are thinking Belichick to the Chargers. I, I, in my personal opinion, with the relationship that him and Kraft have had and what they've done as a, as a duo together, I think that Belichick is going to stay in New England and relinquish GM duties. Interesting. In my personal opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm not totally against that. An- another big one there is uh, we have um, Michigan head coach Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, yeah. I, I think, uh, think he's coming up. If that, that's interesting. I, I mean, what more does he have to prove now that he won the Natty? Then, I mean... The, the the interesting about that that Cole is he's gonna get paid a heck of a lot more to stay at Michigan than he would. So if he's chasing a bag, he's gonna stay at Michigan. But he hasn't won an NFL Super Bowl. Brother has. It's it's it is very intriguing, and it's also gonna be interesting with obviously the the college players getting. Did you watch the uh, BCS? I did. Very great, good game. I thought. I mean, Michigan dominated. Yeah, yeah, but Penix didn't look like himself at all. No, he's so uncomfortable. That was but it, weird. It's still, it's still kind of fun to see that. You know, I love watching the BCS. It's always a show, no matter. Yeah, what. it is. You're always gonna get a show. Yeah, you're and, gonna get a show. But like, I think this is probably pretty obvious, but I think we're gonna see a lot more college players that are like, I'm gonna be here for four years. I'm gonna make thirty mil. Uh, with the NIL, I think it's gonna change the 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 how long definitely how long you stay. Um, but that is 100% dependent on what school you're at. Yeah. Well, do you know that the top, I think the top 10 highest paid athletes for the NIL are all females? No, that's not true because it was uh, Arch, Arch Manning and um, what's his face? The highest paid is a gymnast from LSU. Livy Dunn. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's hilarious because they, I uh, wouldn't need to get into that. But, um, <laughs> Um, no, that's interesting though. But if you're, but if you're a team like the chargers and you have a Belichick of Rabel and a Jim Harbaugh open, you're picking Belichick and Rabel before Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes for any of like the top teams. So then if you're Harbaugh, if say Vrabel and like the, the, the biggest, the best openings in my opinion. So right now, so we have the Titans, we have the commanders, Ron Rivera fired Pete Carroll parting ways with the Seahawks. He might stay in the front office, but that's a shell shocker. And then you have the Chargers. Staley should have been gone a year ago. And then um, Artie Smith getting fired from the Falcons. And if you're a, a Jim Harbaugh, there's only two teams out of those six, seven, that I find enticing. Seattle. Seattle and the Chargers. Yeah. Now, depending on what happens with the Patriots, the Patriots aren't in a situation to win now. No. They don't have a quarterback. Now, they're going to get one. Caleb Williams, Drake May, they're going to get one of the two. But you have a Justin Herbert. Or a Geno Smith, not there per se. He definitely took a step this that step down this year, but all the rest of the talented around him and on the defensive side. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's gonna be cool to see. I think I, I think it's always exciting. It was kind of like the last couple of years is the first time we've really seen chaos around players going to different places, and now we have such a vacancy at head coach. It's gonna be very interesting to see where all these coaches go and how they affect the team. That's always so fun to me, and I think 
the uh, the coach of the year next year. It's almost gonna be like a fun race, like we're watching the you know offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because I mean, you that that's that's a really good point. Because you look at like first year coaches this year. Frank Reich, first year coach, didn't make it through the season. D'Amico Ryan's, my opinion, the coach of the year, took a team that was pitiful, second overall pick last year, and made it took him to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. That's that's incredible what he was able to do with that franchise. Yeah. Uh, well, unfortunately, followers, as you guys know, the Bonehead Move of the Week is my favorite segment of the week. Without Smelty being here and being in Arizona, I let him, we'll let him have his vacation and we will bypass it this week. Let's get into Wild Card Weekend. All right, Cole, well, the playoffs are upon us. We have Super Wild Card Weekend coming up. Wait, do you mean Super Wild Card Weekend? <laughs> oh, it's Super <laughs> Wild Card Weekend coming at you. <laughs> Um, this this uh this game is six this six games here starts off with the Browns going down to Houston taking on the Texans. The Browns coming in as a two and a half point favorite. Who you got? It entirely depends on CJ Stroud. How he plays against this defense. Great defense. We were talking about it earlier. Amazing defense. Joe Flacco looking great too. Oh, you mean footsteps? Footsteps, dude. CJ Stroud versus footsteps. It's gonna be which quarterback can, you know, score more in the red zone? Which qu- quarterbacks put up more touchdowns? I think the issue here is going to be there's gonna, might, might be a lot of field goals in this game. If there's a lot of field goals in the game, whoever's kicking the most field goals is going to lose. People need to get seven. You need to get in the end zone in this game with this defense. It's just, yeah, I mean, we need to see what they can do as a quarterbacks versus quarterbacks, you know? So who you got? Browns. Browns. Browns going to cover that two and a half. But I want the Texans for the Bills. But I think that defense is too good. I think C.J. Stroud gets sacked three times, three, three to six maybe, uh, maybe maybe in the high end, because I think Garrett is going to blow up this playoffs. I think Garrett's going to be unreal this playoffs. So I think the Browns, my safe bet's on the Browns here. I unfortunately have to agree. I think the way that the Browns offense is just rolling right now, Footsteps has the playoff experience. This Texans team is just so young. You got a rookie wide receiver. Well, Tank Dow went down, but, you know, second-year wide receiver, who's your number one? You got a rookie quarterback, and this the defense is just too young yet where I think the Browns defense is going to actually be able to shut them down. And the Texans, I don't think, are going to be able to stop Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. This This realistically is the only big – upset I, I think because of how good the browns have been all year this is the only real upset i can really see obviously i'm sticking with the browns but it's not an upset brother browns are favored two and a half points yeah that's what i'm saying the only upset i could see being the texans oh gotcha gotcha yeah so the only upside i can see really on this is being the texans because stroud while being a rookie and while being a young team he's not playing like it at all he's no. balling out <clears throat> that that man looks like a 10-year vet yeah with um, the way he like his presence his you know, the way he leads the team, like you, you couldn't, you couldn't convince me that he's a rookie. Hot take here. Do you think because of the amount of talent we're seeing coming in at quarterback where we have all these star quarterbacks, we have CJ Stroud, Josh Allen, the Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are great, but they've been great like that for a little bit now. And you have these CJ Strouds that are coming in that kind of mimic their play style in their own way. Right. Do you see down the road, maybe five years, with more and more of these stud quarterbacks coming in? We're going to see more first-round picks being defensive players, like corners, safeties, and stuff like that? That's... Hot take, I said. That, that's 
I that that's definitely a hot take. Just because the the only thing that I would say against that is is the receivers. There's always going to be a top tier receiver in the draft or a couple, right? In my opinion, a good left tackle or an edge rusher is more opinion or more is is more valuable. Valuable is the word I'm looking for. Is more valuable to the team than a stud corner or safety. Yeah, yeah, I I agree there. Um, but I, I think more so we don't really see too many big defensive players going low, like within t- top 10 picks. And I think we're going to see more of that going forward because of the stars we're going to see on offense. And teams are going to have to counteract that because the biggest kicker I think we're going to see going forward is a lot of these teams are going to have star quarterbacks where all they need is a couple pieces on the defense. So we're going to see more and more people maybe even trading up to get that big, you know, I, like, Let's say this this offseason, um, next year we go into it, Von Miller hasn't really done much for the Bills. I can see us getting rid of him maybe for a couple draft picks and going for a big defensive player. We've been injury-ridden on the defense. We lost Tremaine Edmonds. Like that's, that'd be a big spot for us where you see a lot of these star teams like the Chiefs. Obviously, they need to go after a wide receiver, but they could easily go after you know a defensive player, defensive end. All they really have so is defensive player. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would. The only thing I don't agree with is is specifying it to defensive backs. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's also very tough. I agree with that. Actually, I'll take that back. Um, I'm more so with the defensive player. Defensive ends have shown to be kind of game changers in the game, whereas there's only a select few corners that can really do that. And and those corners very rarely are like a top tier pick, right? You have the Pat mm-hmm. Sertan. He went what four overall. Needs to, right? You're always going to have that one, but like a safety, when was the last time you can think of a safety went top 15? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I'm with that now. I, I'm following what you're saying because a lot of times even the best corner in the league, it's usually for a year. Exactly. You get exactly. a year out of a dog. You very rarely get that sustained success. And we can see that with Diggs and the Cowboys. Now we have his counterpart leading the league in interceptions. Yeah. And that's just. I mean, and, and when was he drafted? He was a later round pick. Yeah. Right? So he, you can get that yeah. depth because, and that that's the things with like the like specific, specifically talking about the defensive backs is there's just so much depth where like the the difference between like one the the first three obviously is a huge step to like that middle pack. Yeah. But I think that middle pack from top to from the the, the best to the worst is so much closer where you could afford that. But. I don't know if it's going to be a huge shift because I think that's already happening with the defensive ends, right? Defensive linemen, that is. I mean, linebackers and athletic linebacker coming out, I could see that happening more. But, I mean, I'm also speaking on this as a Packers fan, and we have drafted one offensive player in the draft in the first round in the last, what, 37 years? Yeah. You know, so it's just, I I see it differently from my team that I follow. That makes sense, yeah. I I see where you're going with that, and... uh... I mean, DNs, yeah, DNs usually get a high pick on it, but yeah. And I mean, you and think also, of it this way too, coming out of this draft, right? Can you name the best pass rusher in college right now, the number one overall projected edge rusher? No. I can't. It's a, it's, it's not an edge rusher. The best, I think the best player right now is 55 out of Michigan. And he's an uh, interior Graham. lineman. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. But yeah. that's the thing. It's like, like, you, and how often does an interior lineman go top 10? Yeah. Versus that edge rusher, but I can't think of a solidified edge rusher. I know there's the uh, the cat on Michigan, or sorry, on Alabama. I can't think of his name right now. Mm. But other than that, like there's there's no big studs where you have 
uh, last year, the Aiden Hutchinsons, the Will Andersons, yep. the uh, um, even a Nolan Smith in the middle middle first round there. You and know, then, uh, Phillips, right out of Georgia. Their big uh, their big D lineman interior. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. He before went, that, Jordan Davis. Yeah, Jordan Davis. That's how I met Jordan Davis. But um, that was two years ago. But yeah. Yeah, but like even even with that, the the, the interesting thing here though is quarterbacks can change a team. Look at AJ Stroud. But we're also seeing. Like I guess more so to my to I guess kind of back my put a little bit on the defense would be somebody like Parsons. Obviously, once in a long time coming, you're not going to get him every year. But when he comes, that's a player you look at for a first round pick because all of a sudden, their defense is a stud. Their defense is great because of him. Because all of a sudden, you have this guy that can rush. He can play linebacker. He can pass coverage. He can do everything. And somebody like that is somebody who, you know, you can kind of look at with more appeal than a quarterback at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to, I'm, I'm trying to see here if I'm not mistaken, Micah Parsons was like, was like the 11th pick in the draft. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was high. where did he play? Penn state, Penn state, Penn state's got some dogs, huh? Oh, to say the least after that dirty coach. I mean, they did some good things. That, well, that's, that was said that was said. Yeah. He was the 12th pick. Yeah, that, that was wild, but um, we're just going to uh, go by that. And yeah, we're all on page that the Browns are going to indeed beat the Texans and cover that <laughs> two and a half points. Uh, let's move on to another AFC game here. Uh, Miami Dolphins traveling up to Arrowhead, taking on the Chiefs. Chiefs surprisingly coming in in this game as a four-point favorite. I got my money on the Dolphins here. I don't think the Chiefs have got it in them. I, I just don't think they're consistent enough. The Dolphins' defense is good. I feel like people like I feel like they're overlooked by how good their offense is at times, but their defense is good. Ever since Ramsey came off of like his injury, um, they they've completely turned that defensive round. The one thing that kills them is losing Bradley Chubb. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But what's his name? Uh, the, the kicker also is in the Bills game. They lost two more edge rushers, so they were down to their players were playing like the whole game. So who's number six that they just picked up? Melvin Ingram. Yes. Melvin Ingram, he's used to being somebody you put in, rush, rush the quarterback, you know, he rests, he's a big fella. Yeah, he's a third down lineman. Yeah, you let him rest, you put him back in, right? Now it's interesting because last game he had to play almost every snap because of how injured they were. So I'll say this, if they have some players come back in at the D-line, I still think the Dolphins here because I do really enjoy this, you know, the the defense they have there. And I don't think to uh, I don't think the Dolphins seems going to go down to the Chiefs here. I, I'm, I'm Dolphins all day. I would agree with you on this one. I got the Dolphins, you know, winning this game. Um, I just think that it, to me, it it wholeheartedly depends on if Waddle and Mostert are going. I, I need at least one of them playing to be confident that they'll win this game. But the Chiefs' offense is just a shell of what they've been. I, I don't see them turning it around right now when they haven't been able to the later half of the season. And the Chiefs' defense is good, but. That's that's it. They're good. This Dolphins offense is just there's playmakers all over the place, assuming they're healthy, and they just have too much speed. Where I think that uh, I, as long as Tua doesn't go and throw for like two picks, then the Dolphins are going to win this game pretty handily, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's gonna be pretty straightforward. And let's be honest, Chiefs did good by Clark. I mean, they needed him early in the season. You saw that interior line and the whole D line just fall apart without him. Jones, huh? Who's Clark? Oh, Chris Jones. Sorry. I don't know why I keep going back to Frank Clark. We're talking, yeah. We were talking off mic. I he was a chief. <laughs> yeah, Frank Clark just keeps popping into my mind. 
But yeah, Chris Jones, thank God they paid him because he is a game changer for them and maybe their only stud on that defense right now. Yeah, he's an absolute wrecking ball, man. It, it's insane to watch him. Uh, Smelty disagrees. He thinks the Chiefs are going to win this game and cover the four points. Wow. Well, we're going to wrap up the AFC here with your Bills hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bills coming in as a 10-point favorite. That is just insane to me that you have a 10-point favorite in a playoff game. I think the Bills are going to win this game, but I don't think they're going to win by over 10. I think it's a a a four-and-a-half favorite if T.J. Watt plays. That's a difference maker. Yeah, I I definitely think he's a a four- or five-point spread difference maker. Uh, I'm still taking the Bills to cover it on the Bills all day here. I think one thing Josh Allen and the Bills do great is after a rough week, after throwing picks, they switch things up. And to be honest, with our defense, even though the Steelers do sometimes have a great run game, I think it's going to be fine. Um, I think our our linebackers have stepped up without Matt Milano. Both our safeties are healthy. We've even been playing three safeties with Rapp playing in there too with Hyde and Poyer. I think we're fine here. I think the Bills cover the spread. I don't think it's a close game. I don't. I don't know. I mean, just with with the depth that the Steelers do have as a at a with their pass rush with Alex Highsmith on the other side and then Nick Herbig, Badger right there. Just for the record, coming in and, and showing some promise. It's it, to me, it really depends on if Rasul Douglas is good to go for this game. I, I really think that just because it, there's the with this. New Steelers offense, you could say, with Mason Rudolph running the show, they actually throw the ball and they target their playmakers, which is not a thing in their first half of the year this year for the Steelers. And the, the Steelers just, they they do have, you know, a good defense even without TJ Watt. Again, I don't think the Steelers win this game, but I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a four to six point game. I think they'll thir- still win. I think 31-17. That's, that's, that's one heck of a spread. Yeah. It's one heck of a spread. All right, we're switching gears. We're going to the NFC side. My Packers going down to Dallas, taking on the Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. That is a big slap in the face for Packers fans. That's a hefty, hefty spread for how hot the Packers have been playing and how inconsistent that Dallas team has been against teams over 500 this year. If you're a gambler this year, don't bet on Cowboys games. They give them the most ridiculous spreads no matter who they play. It's ridiculous at this point. Minus seven and a half against a team who's proven themselves, especially late in the season. Their defense plays. I'm still kind of leaning <laughs> Cowboys here. I'm in between right now. Um, what, yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this being a Packers fan? I, I don't love that it's a seven and a half point spread. I really think this is more of a three and a half, four point spread with the Cowboys being favored at home. But I, I, I truly honestly believe the Packers are going to win this game. So I'm obviously I'm covering that seven and a half, but I think the money line I would take the Packers on this one. The Cowboys cannot play in the playoffs. They have that choke. Dak has always showed he can he's he's a choker. McCarthy hasn't been great in the playoffs, especially without having Rodgers. And the 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 key piece of this game to me is how well our tackles are going to do against Micah and De, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. If Jordan Love is pressured the whole game, he has not shown he can handle that throughout a whole game. And they're too athletic for him to escape the pocket consistently to make the plays that way. So the Aaron Jones has to get the ball rolling. We have to get a run game and have some sort of balanced offense. And it's going to be interesting to see if Jair shadows CD Lamb. I'll say this. Our best rushing game being a Bills fan was against the Cowboys. Packers have a great run game. I'm taking the, the Packers to cover this spread here. 
I'm going the Packers here just because we put up, I mean, all, all purpose yards. He put up what? Uh, two fifty. Who cook. Uh, dude, it was something stupid like yeah. that. It was over two fifty, if I'm not mistaken. And, and I, I could see, I could honestly see, uh, Aaron Jones doing the same thing. I, I mean, maybe not two fifty all purpose, but that'd be wild in a playoff game. <laughs> he might be rushing for one twenty, one thirty. I think we see him over a hundred. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Aaron Jones, you know, he he's from Texas, so he loves going down and playing in Dallas. He always plays good in that stadium. I think he's had like four straight games over a hundred and like twenty all purpose yards against them. In in Dallas, so he huh. just always comes to play. So I don't know. I, I I I'm a you know Packer believer through and through. I probably would take them to win regardless. But that that seven and a half points is just insane to me. Yeah, it, this game is going to come down just to Dak Prescott and how he handles the game. I think it's strictly on that. I mean, he has shown obviously, like you said, to choke under pressure. He's also not shown to be a dog in a lot of games, especially against teams that are over 500. And this is one of those games. And the Packers' defense is no joke either. So it's going to be interesting for him. And if J- if Jair can lock down CD, or even if he locks down whoever he's on, if he covers his half of the field, if he doesn't float, the Cowboys aren't going to put up a lot of points on this game. You know, they're not going to have another huge game like last week. I think I think we're seeing a close one here. I think it's going to be, you know, maybe 24-21, something real close. Yeah, I would agree. And we'll see what we do with this, our defense. We've been playing off ball with our corners 10, 15 yards off the ball every single week. And that is going to lose us the game against this offense if that's the case. These Dallas receivers eat underneath. And I don't know. But uh, Smelty, as, as we would assume because he is a Vikings fan, is picking the Cowboys to cover that seven and a half. <laughs> Moving on then to the game of the week. The Los Angeles Rams traveling up to the Motor City, taking on the Dan Campbell-led Detroit Lions. Lions coming in as a three-point favorite in this one. All the storylines for this one. Stafford coming back to Detroit. Goff versus Stafford when he was traded for him. And I I love the three-point spread here. I, I think this is going to be a very, very close game. And the way this Rams offense has been buzzing lately, you got Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams has been on fire. I'm taking the Rams to win this one straight up. I don't need the points. Yeah. I, I might agree with this. I don't know. I'm, I'm in between here. I'm kind of leaning... Lions on this one. I just, I love what they've been doing this year. This all throughout. They've had a, the kicker though is the Rams have been pretty hot as of late and the Lions were only hot in the beginning. So, you know, I'm going to switch that up. I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams here because the Lions, they started off what, nine and three? Yeah. So, I mean, and then for them to do what they've done the back half of the season, like I just talked about earlier with the Bills. I always hated when we started off hot and didn't end hot. This is another one of those games. The Rams have been there. The Rams have won it with Stafford, with Goff, or no, with Stafford, <laughs> with Cup. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think the Rams win this game. I'm, I'm going to take the points. <laughs> but well, I think I'm taking the points. You're giving me the points. I'm going to take them. I just think the Rams win this one straight up. Yeah, the Rams win this game. Yeah, and uh, so Smelty has the Lions in this one. He thinks they're going to cover that three points. And the thing with the Lions is they just they don't have the playoff experience anywhere across the board on their team. They're still fairly young for the most part. They don't have that big veteran that's been in the been in the playoffs. I love Dan Campbell. I love Dan Campbell, but I just I think that the Rams just have that experience just too much. 
We're going to wrap this week up then with the Eagles taking on the Bucks down in Tampa, and the Eagles are coming in as a three-point favorite. Bucks for me. I'm taking the Bucks to win this game, and I'll do the same thing. I think they're winning it straight up. I'm going to take the points, but I think the Bucks win straight up. Same thing. Eagles have not been hot. We are talking about earlier Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown coming in already kind of, you know, foggy, coming in, you know, questionable. Obviously, they're going to play. I don't think they miss this game. But even if they play, I still think the Bucs take this. Um, you know, they've just done the right things. They, they've, uh, they look like a solid team, and the Eagles look like trash. Even when they, the Eagles played the Bills, the Bills should have won that game wholeheartedly, and we did not look great in that game. And it was our turning point, I think. That's when we really started turning things on, is against the Eagles. But it's just like dumb fouls for the Eagles. For a team as good as them, they shouldn't be having, like, I love Kelsey, snap infringements, all that kind of stuff. How does that even happen? Like, how does that happen? It was, like, twice against the Bills. Yeah. And then the next week, they did it a couple more times. Like, it's, 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 just, it's just weird. It's, it's weird out of the Eagles. They're a very, beginning of the team, they're the most, at the beginning of the season, sorry, they're the most sound team. All the way around, they're the most sound team. They are looking great. Nothing's going wrong for them, and everything is just clean. Right now, I, I don't believe in them. It's a bucks for me. Yeah, I would. Uh, it's hard for me to disagree with you on this one. I, I just I think that the, the Eagles are just too proven for with their success last year, where they're just going to let this one slip by. And I don't trust Baker in the playoffs. Is really what it comes down to for me. He hasn't. He's had a great year, don't get me wrong. You know, I think he's he's played himself into a Geno Smith, you know, two, three-year, 20, 25 million, maybe even $30 million deal. But I just, I don't know, man. It's The, the Bucks have been so inconsistent this year. They've been in the worst division in football, and they barely squeak by to win that. I just think that the Eagles just, they're, they're going to be too much. Even with a hobbled Hurts, he'll still be able to run. They have to get the run game going. And if A.J. Brown doesn't play, I completely go on the other side of this, and I think the Bucks win the game. But I'm taking the Eagles. Okay. I'm making sure you're locking in one now because we're all looking at the same thing here. Oh, but yeah. But I will say, I think Mike Evans breaks 100 passing yards, or receiving yards, sorry, and I think Baker pulls it off. I, I really, they're just, they're one of those teams, and, you know, Eagles, Bucks, Texans, Browns, they're one of those games where, you know, like the Eagles, Bucks, for example, Everybody's putting their money on the Eagles in this game, I think. But I think the Bucs are going to surprise people. I think they're going to come out here and play outstanding next week. If they once they win, they're going to get destroyed by whoever they play. <laughs> but they're going to be one of those wild card teams. That's like a wild card, you know, upset, and they're going to blow—not blow them out of the water—but they're going to win by seven. They're going to win, you know, whole handedly, kneeing the ball at the end of the game. Yeah, and I could see it because the the Bucks do have the the playoff experience across the board, not at the the quarterback level, but you know you have the two studs in the middle on the uh, on the defensive side of ball, and then the two receivers with that experience. So they have that experience. The coach has been there. The team's not two. They're two years what? Two years removed from a Super Bowl? Three years removed three, from a three. Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of that team still intact. I just I don't know. I mean, it, it's the, the Eagles. They have to have one game this year where they just click. And what better time to have that than now? They had that week one, and it last, lasted for a little bit, and then it went away, I think. Yeah, but I mean, like, the, even even since then, they haven't really put together, like, a, a completely full game this year, and it's going to be hard to do with a hobbled Hurts and Brown, but I think that, I mean, like, the Eagles' defense is the same defense it was last year. They just can't seem to perform like they would, 
and they they're going to get pressure on Baker. And it, it to me, this is a it's a pick em. I think this should be a pick em. It's a one point game, and I just think that it it's whoever has the ball at the end of the game is going to win this game, in my opinion. Fun game parlay, Bucks money line, Mike Evans over a hundred, Baker over two twenty five, and then give me Baker rushing for twenty plus. That's interesting. That's interesting. We'll see what that would play out as. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like, comment, subscribe. Thank you for coming on today, Cole. We really appreciate it. Hope to see you again here in the future. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you next week. Later. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.